Hello and welcome to The Huddle. As always, Liam Santa Maria here. Um, hopefully you enjoyed last week's episode with Will McDowell-White. Uh, I think we all feel like he's in for a big season. Um, I was impressed with how he handled himself in that conversation. Um, there's an air about Will McDowell-White right now where he's... Uh, He's mature and, and up for a, a leap in his career. Um, this week, we're going to start and kick off our coaches series. Pre-season, we're going to speak to every single one of the 10 head coaches in advance of the year. It was well-received last season. And today, we're going to kick it off with Adam Ford, head coach of the Cairns Taipans, who has been wheeling and dealing over the course of the off-season and has a young, exciting squad ready to go. So, Sit back, relax. Up next, Adam Ford. Forty, what's happening, mate? Doing all right, mate. Doing good. <laughs> uh, you're um, you're there in the in the tropics in far north. Not too hot, I imagine. No, beautiful at the moment. This is that window where uh, the weather in Kansas is absolutely perfect. Yeah, I was up there with the family a couple of weeks ago. We weren't quite able to connect, but it was very, very nice. Now, first things first, I need to be clear on this before I work out what we're going to talk about. Are you still on probation? With no, I'm the- good now. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I dropped that subtle F-bomb in the timeout and I even caught myself out, uh, I come to realise that that was... That, that was around closing time. So I was like, okay, good. I'm, I'm all right. So I just have to pay a regular fine. I don't have to go for that one gamer. But all my suspensions seem like like kids play now after some of the stuff last year, so I'm all good. <laughs> <laughs> was that the one where you stared down, the, you found the camera and you apologised? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was a timeout and it was just a casual F-bomb and I've just gone, like, I've just caught myself and I've gone, oh, like, so... Yeah, it was just my little, it was my subtle nod to the end, would be like, yeah, come on, don't count that one. That's not fair. <laughs> All right, well, now that we've got that established, secondly, um, you've just come in from boxing with the squad. Yeah. Talk me through yeah. it. Yeah, we um, incorporate a few other things now. So we do uh, weekly yoga. Um, we've uh, doing boxing. Uh, we've chucked in Pilates just to sort of get guys out of their comfort zone a little bit and try a few different things. Um, a little bit of toughness and you know conditioning guys to be able to take a hit and um yeah i said yeah, today was uh, i thought it was real successful with the group they really got after it and it was fun like afterwards there was this euphoric banter amongst the group because uh yeah if you guys started to take it personally but uh afterwards they're all able to shake hands and uh that was good and uh hopefully we can transition into our season like matt hodgson style or um a little different a little different. <laughs> Gloves, proper, proper, proper hands. No open heart. No open palm slaps or anything okay. like that. Do you put the gloves on? No. The thing was originally we were planning to, um, but the best numbers was what he accommodated for is what we had. Um, okay. So when we get all the imports in, we might have to go two groups. But um, Ken down at Red Lynch, he's got his own gym, and so it's like a ring. It's pads. Um, it's like a his own studio, but it accommodates best for about eight. So. Um, yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to unnecessarily crowd it. But yeah, after the way the boys handled themselves and how they were filming afterwards, I'm glad I did it. So it was good. <laughs> who, who who would you say is um, 
the most competitive boxer on the squad. Lat was, yeah, Lat was actually really impressive. Like ah. Lat, I don't know if it was off his buzzer beater last night for MBO one, but um, yeah, Lat was getting amongst it. He he didn't shy away from the contest, and and he almost got offended if guys didn't step up to his level of intensity. So uh, yeah, Lat was actually rather impressive in the ring. Okay. I don't know if he's got nice. a career for it. We'll, we'll let him be a basketball player first, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I spoke about some of the stuff you guys have got done over the, the course of the off-season. Let, let's start with what's been most recent hot off. Well, I'm, I'm not off the press, but recently announced the point guard, Shannon Scott. What, what do you have in him? Why did you sign him? Yeah, look, we had, we had a lot of options that we're sort of going down the line with, um, you know, especially after summer league, there was a lot of uh, guys who impressed uh, Kobe Ross was one, for example. He was on the Portland team, um, did a year out in the Czech League. Um, you know, but one of the things I think with our lineup that we had, I kept coming back to the, uh, you know, because I was very um, fortunate to spend eight years with Damo uh, in Perth. And one of the things that Damo did was able to impact the game the way he did without scoring being at the forefront. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that we have here now, uh, you know, returning like Bull, for example, and and with Sam Wardenberg coming on board and, and DJ Hogan, a lot of these guys have ambitions. And, um, you know, with that, obviously, we want to uh, create this environment of learning and, and allowing these guys a platform to help them get to the next level. But there's also going to be some teachable uh, moments in it, um, but also providing that opportunity, right? And so... We kept coming back to Shannon Scott. Um, he was part of that Long Island team too, that Alan Williams just mm-hmm. signed the Southeast, uh, Mitch Creek, uh, Taj was there. And, um, you know, he, he's built this reputation as this defensive-minded, um, you know, high IQ, next-level thinking. Um, you know, when we spoke to his uh, uh, the management in Bamberg, uh, they were entertaining the idea of setting up his next deal with them to – uh, flow on into a coaching role once he was done playing um, and I think that best suits us with the lineup that we've gone we've got six new guys uh, we've got three returning guys from last year and that's you know, that's nine changes in the roster in the past 18 months so having some type of uh, leadership type um, and again I'm not trying to put the label of Damian Martin on him but you know we want to get that ball uh, to some particular areas, not necessarily having a guy drop 30, um, you know, uh, taking shots away from Bull and Keanu and, and, and Sam and everybody else that we've got coming in. So, yeah, we kept coming back to Shannon because uh, Will Weaver, again, I've, I've relied on Will for some references. And what's been great is, you know, the, the basketball world's so small now that if it's not someone I know personally, they can direct me to someone else who also knows uh, potential guys uh, and use him as a character reference but you know everything sort of kept coming back to Shannon in the sense of what we needed to steer this ship um, to you know add that level of intensity but um, be the playmaker and the distributor that we need um, any given night you know the plan is hopefully that we have a different top scorer you know DJ is going to be great for us uh, Sam Wardenberg is going to be amazing for us we want to continue with the trajectory of uh, Keanu and Bull um, you know, and you can keep rattling off different names, but, uh, um, you know, Shannon Scott's the guy, I think, for us. Uh, you know, we, and, and again, it was, a, it was a process that we went through. I know there was uh, some possible leakage early on, and that was a lot to do with the fact that we're just calling as, as many people as we can about 
everybody. So I was surprised there wasn't more things leaked uh, with some of the guys that we reached out to. But, um, yeah, we wanted to make sure that we got this one right. It was really important that we got this one right. And, um, yeah, that's why I feel very comfortable with him. It feels a little bit like where Mike Kelly's head was at when they brought in Scott Machado. And he was looking all across his roster and he had Kawat Noy coming in as a rookie, but a guy who could potentially put points on the board and Majuk then coming across from Adelaide ready to score and Cam Oliver a lob threat and saying, we need a, a veteran leader who's going to look to distribute the ball. Um, I guess elements of similarity there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the great thing, I mean, Scott uh, Machado had such a great impact here. Um, you know, it, it was one of those situations where it was tough to move on from. Um, but I think recency bias, unfortunately, was a huge factor in that we just couldn't keep guys on the floor. Um, and the best ability is availability. So, um, you know, this was a large reason why we sort of had to make a bit of a change in, in a few of our, uh, you know, in our roster. Um, and a large one, obviously, being uh, the point guard. You spoke, we spoke before, I mentioned the young, exciting roster, right? You got Bullquell coming off Rookie of the Year. You got Keanu Pinder coming off Most Improved, bringing in guys like Jonah Antonio and Sam Wardenberg. I referred to you guys on NBL Overtime a little while ago as the factory. Yep. You, you messaged me a little while ago saying, you know, in, in uh, taking a page out of Scott Roth's book about being humble and hungry, yeah. is, that, is that the kind of mentality you're bringing into preseason? Yeah, look, well, obviously a big motivator for us to really hit the ground running was our embarrassing performance last season. You know, there was a lot of factors that were out of our control, obviously, and we're not using injuries and COVID as an excuse because that impacted a lot of other people. But, you know, the things that were in control, um, it, we didn't manage very well. And so, um, you know, as soon as, as soon as the game was over against Brisbane at home, uh, you know, we're in the office the next day and, you know, that's when we sort of started getting our list rolling. Now, the reality is we actually probably started that a little bit earlier. Um, obviously, within the rules, we're talking about college guys and, and, and free agency overseas because um, we wanted to target four particular areas. Um, you know, one of them being was we, we didn't necessarily want to recycle the same old names. I know I've probably mentioned that before in, in, in the presser. And, and I think I'm not saying that as an insult, but was one of those situations where we didn't want to sit in a passenger seat waiting for someone else to, you know, find out whether they were going to play for Melbourne or Perth and then, you know, that not be an opportunity available to them and then they move down the line and then suddenly we're their second or third option. So we didn't want to, we didn't want to go through that, um, you know, we didn't want to stand in queue for the, the, the same old names that sort of get mentioned every year. Um, we definitely wanted to target like-minded individuals and that was the second point sort of, referencing Scott Roth is, yeah, we wanted to get guys who are hungry and humble. Um, we wanted dudes that wanted to come in and do extras without being asked. We wanted to target guys that had, you know, ambitions of the NBA, um, knowing that we can provide that platform. And what helped drive that, obviously, was the individual success of Keanu and, and Bull, knowing that you can come here and potentially be the next most improved or, or rookie of the year um, if you wanted to take a, you know, a little bit of a pay cut, you know, and said from Melbourne to come here and we can provide you more minutes or we can provide you an opportunity for growth and development. Um, you know, we also wanted to figure out why they would want to come to Cairns and a large part would be, you know, what's going to be beneficial for them. And so, you know, um, it was, it, you know, something I've heard a lot of and, and not to be completely dismissive of it, but a lot of people said is like, Cairns has got to get the three imports right to be competitive. And, 
Um, I don't necessarily agree um, because you look at the success, especially the last decade and a half, is those teams that have had uh, good continued success has been their local contingent. Um, so we wanted to try and knock this out of the park and, all right, what's our identity? Let's go young. Let's go guys who are robust. Let's go with guys like Paul and Keanu who can play through injury. And if they do get hurt, uh, their recovery time is a little bit quicker, uh, knowing that we don't have to manage uh, older bodies. Um, and a big guy on our hit list for that was Sam Waldenberg. Um, we played Perth in Perth and we lost. Um, and then the very next morning, I'm doing a Zoom recruitment with him, um, trying to convince him of all the good reasons why we're coming to Perth, which is hard, right? Because we just got our bus handed to us by Perth the night before. But, you know, this is the vision moving forward. And we wanted to paint this picture of this young, athletic, running gun, fast, robust team. Um, and um, not, well, yes, we want to get the imports right, but every team does, you know, and that's why we really important that we brought Taj back. But, you know, we wanted to make sure that we got this great um, local contingent that maybe we can invest in in a couple of years and have this growth mindset together. So when we do lose a game, and we will, there will be teething problems, we will lose games, but there's a learning aspect from it and we can learn together. You know, similar to, I guess, what Cairns used to be uh, when Fernie was coaching with your Nathan Sobies and your Cam Glidens and these guys, Clint Stein was coming out of college and using this to provide a platform. I've got no problem if Keanu leaves us next year for half a million dollars or, my, you know, whichever club he moves on to um, because this is a part of the growth that we want to uh, provide him to say, all right, like whatever you move on to is going to be bigger and better financially or platform-wise. Um, but, you know, be here, work hard and, um, you know, know that we're going to have guys around you with a similar mindset. I guess there's only so many uh, pay cuts a coach can take to keep <laughs> to keep a guy. Hopefully he blows up to the point um, where maybe you can keep him. But I guess, uh, you know, and that's, you know, I'm interested to talk to you a bit more about Keanu because... He was a massive story out of last season. I like you were saying there. I can have no doubt he was a big part of your conversations throughout the recruiting process with guys like Sam Wardenberg and others. Yeah. What happened with Keanu last season? Look what happened with Bull Qual. And I'm interested to tap into like what you feel worked and works for him under you in Cairns because it was one of the great things to watch last season was his growth and it's not just he got bigger and stronger it, he it, he got he developed his skills he you could see the growth in working out how he could be most effective in the game he was he jumped just as high in Adelaide he was just as strong but now when he catches it on the perimeter and he's wide open he turns Dribble, one hard dribble, handoff, rolls to the rim. He's catching it and throwing it down on the hoop. You seem to have have him in a place where he understands how he can be effective in the game. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of this is also credit to Keanu. You know, he um, very coachable and he took it all on board. The first thing we did, we moved him to the five. I know people still reference him in depth charts as the four man, but we never played him as the four. He, the only time maybe playing as a four was from necessity when we were so depleted entry-wise that we had him and Nate on the court at the same time. But uh, the first thing for us was Keanu was our five, and he'll be our five this year. And, um, 
you know, we, we sat with him quite a bit and we talked about, you know, where he's most effective. And, you know, he's in the top 90 percentile for guys in transition setting that early on ball, being the lob threat, being the roll threat. Um, and so providing him more opportunities as much as possible to uh, get him in those situations. And, and we've recruited a lot with the shooters that we have around him now to help free him up a little bit more. So, you know, last year he was effective knowing that guys could tag the role or, or, or help off someone else to, you know, try and put a little bit more pressure on him around the rim. But, you know, the plan of attack, hopefully now moving forward with more shooters around him is that there's going to be less help defense. So really he's just got to beat his own man, which he's super effective in doing. But, you know, we try to paint that uh, picture for Keanu to say, look, this is where you're most effective. This is where you can't, uh, it, where other people can't compete with you. You're on your own um, category here. Um, what was really cool was, you know, as the season sort of progressed on and even as we were really um, not performing to our full potential, um, his offensive rating, his defensive rating, so his overall, uh, the, the, his efficiency differential was 18th in the league. His offensive rating and defensive rating was comparable to uh, Drell Martin, Vic Law, Rob Franks. Um, and I'm not saying he is those guys, but I'm saying... For a team that had the second worst record in the league, that when he's on the court per 100 possessions, he's 13 points better. Um, you keep relaying this information back to him, saying, "Hey, this is where it's working. I, I know you want to shoot more threes. I know, I know you, I know you're desperate to do a step back just to test the waters for it. But um, you know, where you're going to get your paycheck? Where you're going to get your debut boomers representation where you're going to move on to the next big step is, is, is just staying in this lane where you're so effective that um, teams are going to have to adjust and, and make changes to be able to compete with you. So, you know, he being so receptive to that. Um, and again, like, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to Keanu. I've got to give a lot of credit to his mum as well. When we first played Perth in round one, um, his mum was at the airport and, and gave me the green light to really get after him. So, um, mm. you know, appreciate Keanu's mum and let me do that and uh, allow me to coach her son. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, he sees it now. He sees he sees the impact that he makes. And, um, you know, him and Bull, the reality was, was I was planning for the worst-case scenario that we lose both of them. I was hoping that we got one out of the two. Um, but to get both of them was was massive, um, you know, because they were getting offered more to go elsewhere, but to, to make the changes that we did, and we had to be aggressive and robust in our off-season uh, plans with the idea that we wanted to cater to this new generation coming through. That's big. That, that is big. Uh, speaking of guys who, was, who were getting offers elsewhere but chose to come to the Taipans, Sam Wardenberg, you mentioned him a little bit moments ago. What, um, what do you feel like you have in the big Kiwi. Yeah, he he's this um, ball handling, three-point shooting, uh, 6'10", intangible, multiple defensive coverages. We can switch out with him. Um, but the cool thing about it was obviously he sustained a pretty bad injury um, in his um, uh, fifth year, oh, fourth year, so he was able to do his fifth year um, at Miami. And the feedback from the Miami coaching staff was, with him being out for the entire year, he ended up becoming part of the coaching staff. He was delivering scouts and reviews. And um, the coolest line I ever heard was, if you're in a room with Sam, be prepared to be 
or B, sorry, be prepared for him to be the smartest guy in the room. And that's the cool thing about he, he, he's, you know, his parents are teachers and he's got a double degree and um, you can see he's a lateral thinker and you can see that he sees the game uh, a little bit differently from a player's perspective, but also with that coach's type mindset. So me being able to rely on him, and this is, Matt, again, I'm talking about a rookie. Um, I see the value in him. Other clubs were after him, you know, and, it, and the interest level varied from different clubs. But, you know, this was not me trying to get into a, uh, a contest with other clubs to secure him. I see him for the value, valuable player that he is. And, um, you know, we've got a good one. We've got a really good one. I'm excited to see what he's capable of doing. Uh, he's going to make immediate impact. And I think his ceiling is only restricted to what he wants to do. He's a guy that does extras. He's a guy that um, is good amongst the group. He's got leadership type qualities. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm waiting for him to do something negative, you know, and then I'll, <laughs> it might surprise me. But, uh, no, like, he was, he, was our, he, he was our big one that we wanted to get and, you know, recruited the absolute heck out of him. Like, it was multiple Zooms with him and his agent and, you know, uh, getting reports over from our high performance team because he wanted to know what our, um, you know, sports science side of things was like. And that's what we got, <coughs> excuse me, with CQ University and, and Josh Guy. And um, we've got great resources there. And so getting that information relayed over to him. But this also showed him, um, you know, that he wasn't just worried about, you know, what's the city life like? But he wanted to know what the infrastructure, you know, all the, the everything that was available to him at Cairns. So, mm. um, no, super excited to have him here. Mm. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Um, and you're talking there about like the other the other options that he had elsewhere. He felt like during free agency, you know, usually it's like the veteran guys, you know, and it was like Nathan Sobe or Theon Vasilyev, people waiting to see whether those guys would resign. But he felt like a big domino in free agency because there was a lot of interest across the league, but a lot of teams also felt like he was gettable, you know, because he wasn't already um, a pro and, and uh, he was in the mix. So the fact it felt like a lot of, it certainly was big for you in terms of getting him and now working out the rest of the roster, but it was big for everyone else when that got done, because it was like, all right, we've got to move on from the Sam Wittenberg idea. Um, Now, part of bringing in those young guys and shifting the roster around means that, some guys that were on the squad no longer will be. So guys like Jared Kenny, uh, Jordan Nartai, they're, they're moving on from the tight ends. But I guess the one people um, find most interesting is big Nate Jowai, who's been such a hometown hero up there in far North Queensland for a period of time. Um, I imagine that's been a, a difficult process coming to terms with the fact that Nate won't be on the team next season. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this was, you know, then one thing we maintained was uh, a lot of regular conversations throughout the season, uh, right up until exit interviews with Nate. Um, Nate was still unsure whether he wanted to keep playing or not. Um, and so, you know, you know, we've, we've probably been criticised a little bit for our lack of communication with putting information out. And um, But a lot of that was obviously also to do with um, what Nate wanted. And so, you know, he was unsure whether he wanted to keep playing or not. Um, so for us to send out anything in regards to what our decision-making was would only hamper him in terms of negotiations with other teams, you know, because the reality is it's a business and, and Nate knows that as well as anybody else. And so, 
you know, if there's another team that thinks they can lure him away from Cairns, um, it just puts him in the driver's seat with a little bit of negotiation side of things. And um, so we didn't say much, obviously, until right until the Ben Air announcement. And then everybody sort of looks around the room and realises we've got no more local spots left. So, um, you know, there's always going to be something available for Nate um, post basketball and this is what's been really cool with working with Mark Beecroft and Troy Stone is there's genuine care with the players and you know what they do moving on afterwards um so yeah you know there, there's there's a there's a program available where you know life after basketball for Nate is available here in Cairns and there'll be conversations with him and management but you know it'll be interesting in a sense of there's not too many players like him uh around with his skill set um, but for us, I think moving forward, and I mentioned this before, was you know, the best uh, ability is availability. And uh, for us, you know, I don't like referring to us as being a small budget team. I like to refer to us as a small market team. Um, but, you know, the reality is, is if we have one player go down injured, you know, we don't, we can't get a, you know, uh, a, a former NBA champion to fill in the roster or we can't get Yudabawa to come in and fill in the roster you know, we had 11 players, now we've got 10. And, you know, if we got 10 players, now we've got nine and we're calling up an NBA one guy. So uh, it was important for us to uh, try and go more of a youthful aspect, hoping that, again, we can replicate something similar to Tassie in a sense that they virtually went, aside from Will Magnate, uh, they went relatively injury-free uh, throughout the season and, um, and obviously, you know, benefited from it. So, yeah, it was a tough one. And it's, uh, you know, again... Copped a bit of flack for it because he is uh, such a large identity here in Cairns. But um, the amazing thing, again, about the support base here in Cairns is they see the vision. We have a clear identity of what we're trying to build. And, um, you know, everyone's really excited about what we got building moving forward. If someone picks him up either now or uh, mid-season as, in, as an injury replacement and you come up against Big Nate, will, will you double on the catch? Yeah, for sure. 100%. <laughs> And then we'll bring him out in the pick and roll. <laughs> He's a problem. And you may have to deal with him on the other side of the coin at some point. Hey, this was my favorite thing that popped up on my phone over the course of the off season. I texted you at one point about just following something up or asking you a question. And this is what you responded. And I wrote it down randomly driving across the country at the moment, <laughs> just driving one man holiday. Yeah, we, um, like I said, we went hard, we went early um, and then I needed to decompress from it all. So once we, once we basically secured all our local contingent um, and, um, and we, got, we knew Taj was coming back, because again, there was no real, this is, this is moments before I think the grand final series had started and, and we had a clear picture of what we wanted to do moving forward. Um, just needed to decompress from the season and our very, very active, robust off season. Uh, so flew back to Perth because um, the miso wanted to check in with family and everything. And yep. we had a car sort of sitting in the garage there and I was like, I want to drive it back. So um, just jumped in the car, fueled it up and just hit the road and uh, spent nine days just driving across country with no real game plan other than I wanted to get from but the cans and made it made it in the end but uh yeah, it was a good just a man in his thoughts and uh yeah i think it was a good little uh, uh decompressed moment a bit of meditation uh, while just hitting the the, the nullaball straight wow so you just bought a swag 
Yeah. Yeah, just bought a swag. I'll, I'll work it out and make it work. What route did you take? Uh, we went the south route. So uh, crossed Nullarbor Plain, um, drove through uh, the, it passed the Great Bight. And then once we hit, uh, I think it was Port Augusta, went up through uh, the, the rural west part of New South Wales. And that's when then all the floods were hitting in Queensland. And so I sort of zigzagged my way up, um, hit every random little small town bakery I could. And um, Finally made it in the end, but yeah, no, I went south and then straight up through New South Wales good. and Queensland. How good is that? Now, when you what when you're saying there, we did this and we did that. You're referring to like you and your thoughts. Oh yeah, sorry, apologies. Yeah, I yes, we when I mean we, I mean myself and myself and I. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what what off season epiphanies did you have along those long straight highways driving through the Nullarbor? Yeah, again, and this was part of our recruitment process too, was, you know, let's let's reflect on what's good and what worked for us. And the fact that we led the league in assist percentage, the fact that we led the league in uh, attempts at the rim, we led the league in our three throw rate. Um, and then, you know, reflect on things that didn't work for us. We were the second worst rebounding team in the league. We were the second worst pick and roll defensive team in the league. Um, so taking the good and taking the bad and, and, and trying to map out what our preseason is going to look like is feel confident with obviously the, the names that we recruited and, and the guys we want to get after. Now it's about piecing it together and you know, we don't want to get that wrong. What was your playlist? Was it podcasts or was it a... You think, yeah, no, you think I'm crazy. I didn't download anything. Like I, I just, there was no reception. There was no radio, especially when you're going through the Nullarbor. Silence. Uh, just drove, just, just sort of drove. And then every now and again, I wanted to download a couple of podcasts and I did, but then I didn't really listen to them and turned them off and just except drove. For the, except for the huddle, except for, you except just for the, huddle. the full back catalog of the huddle, I'm sure. No, so I'm just, so I'm just diving in here because it's very intriguing and I'm just trying to picture it and create the picture for the listeners from time to time, I guess for the most part, you didn't book a place to sleep. You just found a spot to unroll the swag. Yeah. There was one random spot too where there wasn't a lot of showering going on. Um, and there was this random uh, tap just by the side of the road from a, uh, um, a water catcher. And it was just big water catcher with a tap. And there was no one else around. So just, just wash off there, jump back in the car and hit the road again. It was just purely opportunistic chances to, to sleep and, and shower. And again, like just eat terribly and hopefully just survive the trip. Love it. Oh. I like, I would love to do that. I know I'm not rugged enough to make it work. I'm not trying to pump myself up about being rugged either. Trust me, there was, there was moments of like, oh, this is not working for me. This was a bad idea. About three days in, I was already committed to it. I had to finish it out. So I was like, there's no turning back now. <laughs> wow. I bet when you arrived at Cairns, you weren't looking as kind of clean cut and sit beautiful as you are right now. No, nah, everything was a bit rough, very rough. <laughs> You know what else you did during the off-season? You spent some time with the North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah, that was great. So, um, you know, one of the things that we targeted too, um, especially off-season, was, you know, we want to upskill um, not just the uh, the playing uh, group, but also the coaching staff. And um, Kez got to spend time with the Boomers. He was called up for the coaching staff of the Australian team. And Grug's got his call up with the um, under-17s Australian team. And so while they're getting their professional development, um, myself and Will were sort of left here to uh, 
hold down the fort. And the cool thing about um, being up in northern Queensland is their cowboys mad up here. And, and you can understand why um, what Todd Payne's done with that team is, I guess, you know, you could see there was something where we had to get in there and say, all right, what are they doing that's working for them? Because they were a team that finished second last last year and, you know, they had the second worst defensive rating in the league and um, they cleaned out a bit of the roster and they've gone super young. I think they were talking about uh, 22 out of their 30 active players are you know, 23 or younger. Um, and right now they're sitting second on the ladder and they're, you know, basically exceeding everyone else's expectations of how they were going to do. Um, so, you know, through making multiple phone calls, the, the Cowboys were super cool about us coming down for a week and, and getting involved in what they do training-wise. And yeah, it was amazing. It was, um, some of it is just, it reconfirms what, what you think is right and you just need to lock into it more. Um, so that was really important to us and, and, and getting involved in that environment. Wow, that's cool. Hey, um, just a couple of quick hitters to, to finish up. First, we touched on a few of those guys that you've brought in, including Shannon Scott and Sam Wardenberg and those guys. At one point earlier, you said DJ Hogg's going to be great for us. Is it Hogg or I think you said Hogg. Hogg, Hogg, DJ yeah. Hogg, yeah. You yeah. said he's going to be great for us. I think maybe he's flown a little bit under the radar as far as the import signings and the people guys are talking about coming into this season. Um, what, what do you have in DJ? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that long ago he was at Texas A&M playing as a three. And, you know, I know a lot of people have sort of seen him most recently, especially in the French League, being a pick-and-pop guy and, um, um, you know, playing that four role. Um, but, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a 6'10 ball handling forward who can play multiple positions and, you know, who we can switch out on to. Um, the, the big thing last year for us and, and when we talk about some of the changes that we made was, you know, we really got exposed in some um, individual matchups, you know, especially when we came up against guys like uh, Mitch Creek, you know, Xavier Cooks, JLA, um, real dynamic forwards. Um, so this was one of the things was, yeah, we wanted shooters. We wanted guys like DJ who can really stretch the floor and shoot it, but also get busy down the other end and, and take a bit of pride in their defensive assignment and be able to switch out to multiple guys. So, um, yeah, no, again, he was our, you know, he was one that we really wanted to target and get after. And so, you know, he's going to, he, he's going to provide some good opportunities for us to get some wins, um, especially early on in the season. And then when they start maybe switching on to what he's able to do, um, you know, I think he's smart enough to be able to make those adjustments as well. Okay. And finally, your sort of feeling, your outlook, where you're at ahead of this this season. Uh, when you come in, when you come into a new franchise, uh, there's guys that are rolling over with contracts. You can make a couple of changes to the roster in that situation like you did last year. You can start to build a bit of a culture, but um, it's very hard to just kind of like quickly make that happen in year one. Year two now in the off season, you said you got busy. And you were getting busy even moments before the, the season was over with those meetings with Sam Wardenberg. You've put this roster together. You've decided to go young, hungry and humble and all of those things. Is there an excitement to say, yeah, now I've got the kind of squad that I want to work with? Is there an element of like feeling a bit of pressure about your own self-expectations? Where are you sitting ahead of the upcoming season? 
yeah, you can get a little bit of imposter syndrome, right? And, um, you know, that's real. And so um, this is what's great about coming up here to Cairns and working with Mark and Troy and everybody else is that they really backed us with, you know, some of these really tough decisions that we've made in the off-season and, 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 you know, robust changes. So, you know, now it's a matter of getting it right. Um, so, yeah, there, with that becomes, you know, this level of expectation, which naturally you get a little bit nervous and stressed about. But um, it's different here in Cairns too in a sense that uh, it's almost, you know, like you, there's a sense of uh, you want to provide this community with something to cheer about. Um, last year wasn't great, you know, and there have been some lean years here uh, where this, the fan base and the, and the support you get around from Cairns, whether you're up, down, in front, behind, you know, they 100% back this team. They love this team. They love the, the players here. And so um, the, the nerves of wanting to get that right for them as well more than anything um, is pretty important. But, you know, I'm not nervous about myself in a sense of one of the best things Trev ever said was, hey, if I'm going to get sacked, I'm going to do it on my terms. And, you know, this is a team that I've put together. Uh, this is a team that I feel very confident in. And if we don't win a game, we finish bottom of the ladder. I understand. Like, I can walk away from this going, oh, I got it wrong. Like, I 100% got it wrong and I get it. But um, if we're able to get a get a good head start with preseason and make sure we can maintain the bodies and keep them healthy and steer this ship in the direction it needs to go, um, you know, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people along the way. Well, you got a boatload of road games to tip off the season, the way, <laughs> way the, the schedule's dropped, which who knows, could work out as a positive. You might just kind of like uh, come together on the road and and start taking names like like Gorgian's Hawks did to begin his first year in Illawarra. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. We can't wait to watch you guys in preseason, get a read on what kind of squad you're going to have. And uh, I have no doubt, having watched you over the years, one thing you can guarantee is that your guys are going to bring it night in, night out. They're going to play hard for you. And good luck for the season ahead, mate. Appreciate it, mate. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. Thanks for uh, having us on. Cheers.